Down the centuries, Henry VIII has aroused powerful passions. Cardinal Reginald Pole, the exile who fought tooth and nail to defend Holy Mother Church, told him, Your butcheries and horrible executions have made England the slaughterhouse of innocence. As Henry had massacred his kith and kin, one can sympathise. In the 18th century, the Anglo-Irish satirist Jonathan Swift scribbled his thoughts about the old ogre in the margin of one of his books. I wish he had been flayed, his skin stuffed and hanged upon a gibbet, his bulky guts and flesh left to be devoured by birds and beasts for a warning to his successors for ever. Amen. Hardly appropriate sentiments for the Dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral in Dublin. More than a century later, Charles Dickens, in his Child's History of England, described Henry as the most intolerable ruffian, with blood on his hands, a disgrace to human nature, and a blot of blood and grease on the fair face of his realm. In our own time, the king has been defined more by his six marriages and by sometimes trite television dramas, rather than by who he truly was. Much of the drama and intrigue of Henry's last years has been lost sight of, as well as his achievements and painful failures. You will discover that historical truth is stranger than any fiction, and just as gripping. Because of the Tudor dynasty's insecurity, Henry was obsessive about his health. His sweeping reforms of the medical profession outlawed quacks and superstition, removed it from religious oversight, and placed it firmly in the realms of science. His regulatory regime laid the foundations of the modern healthcare system across the world. Remember him when you next visit your family doctor or local hospital. He established the Royal Navy, and his diplomacy placed his dominions firmly at the centre of European politics, instead of being regarded as a remote group of rain-swept islands at the edge of the known world. The king's break with Rome created the Church of England. Henry was a rampant egomaniac, so when he prayed, God listened. After all, he was God's own deputy on earth. I once joked with the then Archbishop of Canterbury at the Hay Festival that without my man, you would be out of a job. Henry, however, would not recognise the modern Anglican church and would be less than enamoured by its active role as the social conscience of British governments. One of his measures continues in force to this day. The last remnant of his autocratic rule by proclamation, the so-called Henry VIII clauses, is an administrative instrument sometimes used by British governments to implement decisions or policy changes without the tiresome inconvenience of parliamentary debate. 